Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric McKay, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and it's a heavy week of earnings and earnings season. And what we saw was a continuation of strengthening the consumer offset by weak confidence in the economy more generally by corporate actors. We saw that the consumer is still spending. And we saw comments from Bank of America, American Express, Target, all talking about the strength of the consumer. But one of the things that I really noticed was that CEO confidence appears to be weakening. And we had a couple of quotes, both from Prologis and from SVB, about three months ago, I think people were looking at this data and were still very bullish, thought that we were going to avoid recession. And this quarter, I think the commentary seems to be the consumer's strong, but it's really looking like we're going into recession. And so we culminated this section with a quote from Jeff Bezos talking about the probability of suggesting that it's time to batten down the hatches. And that's also what we titled the newsletter this week. Eric, any thoughts? Yes, I think that's the same thing I picked. And a key one, which we also highlighted, is the fact that it's an industries which you do not usually expect to be a bit cautious or turning cautious. That was a key highlight for me. I spent a lot of time listening to the American Express earnings call. I haven't done that in the past. And it's actually is quite embarrassing because I spent a lot of time with some of these companies. Uh, I've listened to Visa, MasterCard, which I think are the heartbeat of the economy. And then you, this week, had the privilege of listening at least twice to the American Express uh, earnings call. Since they are more targeted as the high-income consumer, they definitely do not see anything happening with high-income consumer in terms of slowdown in spending. They've grown in double digits in the last six quarters. I think the CEO is also pretty clear, looking a bit far ahead, there could be issues and you're preparing for that. So I think that's the sentiment you picked from a lot of the CEOs. I could add also something else that I noticed was about the hit that some of these companies are taking in terms of the US dollar having an impact in their revenue. So I think American Express mentioned a 300 basis point hit on the top line in terms of revenues. Uh, a couple of other companies, I think Netflix said uh, a $1 billion hit on top line revenues also. At, at, at least from that, what I took was the magnitude of the changes, especially in terms of currencies and exposure for some of these companies is much greater than you can actually fathom. So it may be quite a difficult time for some of these companies, I would say. Yeah, I think that the currency headwind is really significant. I think in general, you're seeing the effects of the inflationary pressures, the currency, the different sort of pressures that have been pushing on company margins this quarter. Procter & Gamble really encapsulated for me talking about a 27-point headwind to earnings growth this quarter because of all of these different freight costs and, and currency costs. And that's a massive number. And so I think this quarter, again, you're starting to see some impact to the earnings picture for companies, for significant companies like Procter & Gamble, I think, said it was multi-billion dollar hit, Netflix a billion dollar hit. These numbers really add up when you're looking at aggregate earnings, earnings performance at the end of the quarter, and you're trying to figure out what sort of multiple to put on these companies or the S&P 500 broad, it is significant. Yeah. I don't know how companies maybe deal, especially with the issue of the currencies in the past, but I think this season looks to be a bit more pronounced than the past periods where they've had to deal with inflation. So I think the $1 billion hits, you'd expect some of these companies to have been prepared for it. 
because one billion out of a quarter where you get revenues around eight eight billion dollars, you should be prepared for this time. But it feels this is a bit more than companies are usually prepared for. And then another key takeaway was, of course, that a lot of companies are still saying, "Hey, inflation is actually still hitting our bottom line. Costs are very elevated. It may have peaked slightly, but." It seems companies' bottom lines are being hit harder. So I think some of the statistics I've seen is that year on year, you're seeing, especially EPS, being hit for a lot of companies that I've reported so far. As you say, Procter & Gamble encapsulate all that in terms of its inflationary headwinds are hitting them and couple that with, with currency headwinds also. Anything yeah. else you have picked? Yeah. One quote that really stood out to me on that front was from Snapchat, talking about how they were seeing declines in advertising spend on their platform especially among companies that were seeing cost pressures. So like a Procter & Gamble. And why this is really interesting to me and important is because even if you are not seeing top line growth, you're seeing margins eaten from the inside, so to speak. You're seeing costs start to eat at gross profit dollars and operating profit dollars that are taking away from the ability to spend on discretionary corporate spend like advertising. And so this was a dynamic that's just a little bit different and speaks to the magnitude of the way that cost pressures are affecting companies and then also affecting potentially other areas of the economy like advertising. So I thought that was important. It's an interesting point to maybe chip in that this week is tech earnings weeks and Microsoft is one of the companies that has very high exposure in terms of currency issues. Uh, so I don't know what your thoughts are, especially before you come back with the newsletter, just top of the head thoughts on these tech earnings weeks, especially also tying that to ad spend, which has been pretty hit. Uh, Snapchat showed and advertisers are actually reconsidering. That may actually also uh, not be good news for companies like Facebook and of course, Google that are reporting are dependent on advertising dollars at the end of the day. And in this bracket also, Netflix is jumping in next month with the offerings. So they're also trying to get some of these revenues from the ad side also. Uh, there's a lot of happening, especially in the ad space, and that may actually have a bearing on tech earnings this week. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the good thing for the tech companies, at least, that was that they're selling digital goods. So the cost of production of their goods is not the same as what Procter & Gamble is dealing with. Because... Procter & Gamble is dealing with input costs to the goods itself and also freight costs. One of the things that stood out to me as well was CSX talking about revenue up 18%, but volumes up 2%. So it was all just price that had pretty massive revenue growth, but then volume's not actually driving it. And so that really encapsulated inflation to me. But the tech companies won't have to deal with that, or some of them won't at least. Like Microsoft will deal with that on the currency side. Apple, could they be impacted by trade costs or not? I think Apple may be impacted is the China exposure, and that's been pretty significant this past week. There are concerns about supply chain issues around that. That's a side issue, but we'll be definitely be watching that. You had a different takeaway also from the weekly newsletter that you wanted to share. I was going to say that as the economic environment is starting to deteriorate, really one of the big important stories that's driving markets this week is that the Fed seems to be reacting somewhat to the pressure of the economy. And really, again, it's the markets. We've talked about this in the past, that the reaction function is really, truly governed by what's going on with the S&P 500. And again, you've had the S&P 500 sell off pretty hard, getting down towards the lows that we reached in the summer. And lo and behold, the Fed is starting to get a little antsy and feeling like they might be over-tightening it. Seems at least floating an article in the Wall Street Journal and also one of the Fed presidents making a comment that they may have to start slowing their tightening. I think importantly, 
they've signaled for a long time that even if they slow their tightening, they still expect to tighten and expect to hold interest rates high for a while in order to cut off this inflation. But part of this was the source of the bear market rally in July. And we may see something like that again. It is something to pay close attention to. And speaking of the markets, you spend a bit of time in the SVB financial group and you came up with a quote about something of a disconnect between private and public markets in terms of valuation. Is there any maybe takeaway from that? But maybe I could tie that to something that we picked about Europe. UK is trading at nine times earnings and I think that was Blackstone that was talking about investors should be looking to pick up some of their beaten down stocks in that market. And this week, of course, they also have a new prime minister in UK. So I don't know if all that plays into something that would be interesting enough for investors to have a look. Yeah, I think the comment from Blackstone talking about nine times earnings in Europe and the amount of negativity sentiment wise that's in Europe. Also coincided with a few different quotes in the miscellaneous nuggets of wisdom section this week, talking about how basically you should be buying when, when fear is greatest. It's the classic value investor approach. I think all of it is right. Probably there's probably really good buying opportunities around here. I'm always looking for a catalyst. I think that the catalyst is really what creates the bottom. Even if there's cheap stocks, obviously cheap can get cheaper. In this case, the catalyst may be the Fed starting to turn, and then you have extreme low valuations in some places. But in the U.S., you still don't have extreme low valuations relative to interest rates. And the nine times earnings, those sorts of like aggregate earnings numbers, to me, always need to be cleaned up. Sometimes they're misstated. The nine times earnings isn't a real nine times earnings. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on how cheap or not cheap European equities are right now? I haven't checked, to be honest, but I think there are pockets of extreme undervaluation and some stocks, which when I checked a while back, but as you say, the averages have a tendency of bringing about extreme valuations and the extremely low and extremely high and just lumping them together. But for our listeners, I think it's a good time to maybe check and see if there could be something that does not been caught on by many investors. But overall, I think it's good for investors to Look a bit outside the U.S. if you feel like the U.S. markets are overvalued in that regard. One thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on, there was a quote that we posted over the weekend on our Twitter page, which got a lot of traction about a permanent shift in terms of travel. Uh, they were sharing that the CEO was very bullish in the sense of, I think airlines are having the best of times. So there's been drastic shift in terms of sentiment in that regard. I don't know, what's your takeaway? The quote itself got a lot of traction. I'm still surprised by that. But what are your thoughts around travel especially? Yeah, I think it's a provocative quote. We've documented the rebounded travel pretty extensively over the last couple of years at the transcript. And I think it's a provocative quote. It's interesting to think about whether or not people will really be. This is the Brian Chesky thesis that people, as they're able to work from anywhere, will be spending a month at a time in an Airbnb, things like that. I don't know how much I buy that travel patterns have really permanently changed for consumers. But I think what really actually stood out to me beyond that quote was, again, I think it was United Airlines, maybe it was American that talked about record revenues, but still 10% below peak volumes. And so this is, again, another indicator of inflation within the economy where you're not actually producing more real goods or services, but the top line number that revenue number or the nominal GDP number, that's going up without the real goods and services increasing. I share the sentiments. It'll actually be a bit of a time to recheck the thesis. Having looked at what has happened to a lot of companies that had a permanent quote-unquote shift in terms of consumer spending during the pandemic, 
And then you see the sort of Shopify went up and then down and then back to normal where you find, okay, there was a trajectory before pandemic. The companies overshot the, the, the trajectory and then they're back actually below trend. I feel it's actually a time to be cautious in terms of investing in airline travel. So that quote is actually a contraindicator for me. <laughs> Do you think so? It's a very good point and it does echo some of those comments that were made during the pandemic about it being a golden era and we pulled forward four years of technology growth into one year. They did. They pulled it forward and now the growth is not as robust as it was. That's a good point. I don't know that the airline stocks have reacted or the travel stocks have reacted quite as drastically as those tech companies did during the pandemic, but it's a very good point. Yeah, that would be my takeaway from that. And of course, we'll be watching around earnings this week with the tech companies, which are having a sort of also a back to pre-pandemic trajectory in terms of growth. That's what we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Thank you for joining us this week on the Transcript Podcast. We Hope to see you again next week. Keep following us on Twitter. We're very active these days. We have around 18,000 plus followers. Add to a, a newsletter where we'll also be getting key quotes from earnings calls as they come around. See you next week and thank you for joining us.